Hi, I'm Caroline, a yoga teacher with a special interest in menopause based in Edinburgh. And hi, I'm Dr. Clara, GP with a special interest in menopause based in North London. Together we are the Menopause Sisters and we are here to guide and support you through your menopause journey. Welcome to the Menopause Sisters show with myself, Caroline, and my sister, Dr. Claire. And we're really excited today to welcome Petra Coveney, who is the founder and creator of Menopause Yoga. And uh, she's also a senior teacher and trainer for the British Wheel of Yoga and Yoga Alliance Professionals and has been a member of the British Menopause Society for Health Practitioners since 2017. Down on the coast there, aren't you, Petra? A beautiful part of the world. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me here. Yes, I'm um, speaking to you from my home in Brighton by the sea. And one of the reasons, which is relevant to the conversation today, one of the reasons I moved from London to Brighton was because in my postmenopause, like so many middle-aged women, um, I love sea swimming. Um, it's, you know, we go down there on the beach in the morning. It's a wonderful community, very kind of casual community of people, women down on the beach. All, almost kind of like menopausally sizzling, going, ah, oh. <laughs> no, I'm not hot anymore. I'm in the sea. So, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I moved down here. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Is it a specific group that you swim with and go out with? Oh, if I if I mention them by name, you're going to laugh. It, it's a it's a big group of women um, called the Salty Seabirds. <laughs> brilliant i always have to i always have to ask ask the name because there are so many different groups around yeah. around the coast of britain with great names so the salty seabirds wonderful yeah and uh, what's lovely is that um uh, the community i mean it's very casual they just say oh who's coming down i'll come i'll come and over time over the time that i've been here which is only a year and a half i've been welcomed into this community, welcomed, if you like, into the bosom of the local women. And um, I've made really good friends who we now meet outside and do things like go to the cinema and oh, yoga events and all kinds of things, go for dinner. Um, so it's just another reminder about the, the wonderful supportiveness of women creating community. Wonderful, almost like a, a women's circle in the sea, I like to think of that. So we met on your wonderful training that I took in, gosh, 2020, seems like a long time ago now. I wanted to begin, actually, if I can, by maybe exploring how you came to develop the menopause yoga course and you know maybe starting with how you found that yoga was helping you through your perimenopause and postmenopause. so thank you and um, it's very relevant that we've got dr claire here because i'm sure she'll be nodding um uh, when i mention a few things here about the the national health service as it was way back when i was going into my perimenopause so i'm now um gosh how many years i'm now about I lose track of how many years, and I'm, I'm seven years into my postmenopause. But I went into my perimenopause a bit earlier. So none of my friends, my older sister, nobody else around me in my peer group was going through this stage in life. So I had no reference point. And um, the word perimenopause wasn't even a, a common term like it is now. Nobody knew what it meant. In actual fact, I doubt whether many of the, the GPs in the local surgery knew what perimenopause was. And so um, when I 
turned up and said, oh, can I have a blood test? I'm getting some hot flushes. Um, I think I might be in the menopause. They obliged and did uh, a blood test and said, yes, you are. Bye bye. And, and I said at that point, well, hold on. I've, I've got all these different um, symptoms. I don't know if they're related to these hormone changes, um, but I'm really struggling with my sleep. It's not just hot flushes, you know, anxiety, um, night sweats, um, brain fog, irritability, all these other things that they and I hadn't recognized as being connected to the menopause, even problems with digestion, digestive tract issues. And then later I had terrible frozen shoulder requiring injections that just didn't work. And I was actually um, on um, crutches for nearly a year because I had lower back pain and three MRI scans just couldn't find the reason. They sent me to a pain clinic and the person I saw said, you know, this is emotional. This is emotional pain. I was like, oh, really? And they said, are you feeling a bit depressed? And I said, well, I'm in a lot of pain. That's making me a bit depressed. Um, and, uh, but they still sent me on my way. So that's a, it's a long um, explanation um, because when I spoke to my GP, I said, look, I want to handle this myself. I don't particularly want to take HRT because in those days it was seen as very um, high risk of breast cancer. Um, but I do need some support. Like, can I speak to anyone about nutrition or natural remedies, herbal remedies, exercise and could I please just speak to some other women? Is there a women's group, some people I can just talk to because nobody in my peer group is going through this? And the answer was no. In fact, when I suggested setting up a women's group and um, hosting it in the GP surgery, um, they said no. So we've come a long, long way since then. That was many years um, ago. But it meant that um, I am an ex-journalist uh, and I kind of took that, that thinking, that research mind of I'm going to find out the facts for myself. So, um, and I was quite um, outraged, if you know what I mean. I felt outraged that there was nothing there for women like me. So that, actually that spurred me on. It kind of gave me a drive and ambition to do this research. So I read as many books as I could find. Back in those days, we didn't have the social media networks that we have now. So women weren't sharing information on social media. But um, I did research. I looked at what was happening in other countries, what was being offered and I pieced together bit by bit like a jigsaw, uh, a kind of content for running workshops for women going through the menopause. And I have to imagine that at this time, none of this was being done anywhere else in the UK or wasn't being talked about. If it was happening, it wasn't publicly being shared. So I pieced it together and then I said, OK, well, I'm, I am a part time yoga teacher as well as having my main job and being a mum. I'm going to share this. So I started sharing it in very small workshops initially. And again, it was very hard because um, I combined Western medical science because I wanted to know what's happening to my body. Why is this happening? What are the causes? 
And then I combined that with yoga and breath work and meditation, natural remedies, nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. And so using my own personal experience, bringing it holistically together. But the problem was, Caroline and Claire, that I faced... um, I faced resistance from both sides, in fact, from three sides. So, you know, from the medical profession, they said yoga, well-being, no, we're just medical science. And then from the yoga side, the yoga studios, no, you're bringing in doctors. We're not about doctors and HRT. And then from women themselves, um, they would say, we don't want to talk about the menopause and say that word. Can't you call it hormone balance or well women? And it did take a couple of years of running these little small workshops until I just said, do you know what? I'm going to be out and I'm going to be proud and I'm going to call it what it is. And so I called it menopause yoga. And because I felt that Part of the problem behind um, women's experience of the menopause was the taboo, the talking taboo. So that's how it all came about originally, Caroline. It's such a wonderful story because actually, like you were saying, you're just trying to bring everything together. But at that point, you know, there was so much resistance, as there still is in in many circles. But I feel like we've probably come a long way, Petra, from from <laughs> that time that you Most struggled. Definitely. Most definitely. I mean, look here. You know, you, you're the, you are embodying the the new world. You know, a menopause doctor and a health and well being expert in menopause. You're you know combining these two. You are the holistic mm-hmm. package, and it, it's something to be so celebrated um, nowadays. Um, I think. As you know, um, I actually started um, running workshops out of Dr. Louise Newson's menopause centre in Stratford-upon-Avon. It was a long way for me to travel from London at the time, um, but that was the only medical centre that would allow me to teach menopause yoga. So I ran workshops when she um, launched in 2017. Um, and, uh, And I also launched the teacher training course for more menopause yoga teachers. I did that at Dr. Louise Newson's Menopause Center. So I was so grateful to have found a pioneering doctor who specialized in menopause, but also saw the value of yoga, well-being, nutrition, etc. And so here we are. Isn't it wonderful? It's pretty incredible to think Actually, it was only a few years ago. I mean, really, in in the grand scheme of things, a couple of years, two, three years, really, that things have, you know, the the, the ideas and the thought processes have shifted so much from being something that is, you know, very non-individualised. Let's not, like from the Western medicine point of view, let's not think about how we could help someone with nutrition and diet and lifestyle. And let's, like you say, vice versa, we don't want the Western medicine. We don't want that treatment. And actually that is a massive paradigm shift really, isn't it? That That is something to be hugely celebrated. And you're pioneering in that respect, aren't you, in terms of how we got there? I was pioneering from the, the the well-being aspect and being absolutely determined that 
women should have access to this medical knowledge. I mean, that's why I attended, just so you know, I attended British Menopause Society workshops before I became a full member um, for a couple of years before that. And I would sneak in because I wanted, I was thirsty, hungry for the knowledge. And it didn't seem right to me that we as women were being sort of deprived of that basic knowledge, fundamental knowledge about our bodies. But, you know, Dr. Claire, you, you all understand how how radical, as you said, that this all is nowadays, because the access that women now have to information about their hormones and what the menopause is and what's happening, that in itself is an educational revolution. Um, but yeah, so in the early days, I'd sneak in and I'd be like the little yoga teacher at the back, you know, um, I felt like a complete uh, imposter. Um, but isn't it wonderful now how, in fact, this is a really important point, I think, you know, sharing this with both of you, is that um, the medical profession, not just around menopause, but the medical profession now looks at more holistic care for people around anxiety and stress and many other um, illnesses, doesn't it? It does. And I know Claire's, you know, Claire likes to work holistically, but we were talking um, earlier and, you know, I do a lot of work around, around long COVID and um, I had a session today, uh, Monday afternoon, second session with this particular group. And there's a team of us that, that work with a group of 12 as an NLP practitioner, um, as a personal trainer, building strength. And I, I'm the yoga element, very much focusing on, on breathing and uh, rest and relaxation. And there was a doc, there's a doctor in the group and she said, can I just say that this is life-changing and it was really interesting because she what, how she was wording it was she said it's more the holistic approach and she said it's what it's making me realize as a doctor is my lack of knowledge of these things that can be really helpful mm. and it was lovely and I said to her thank you for sharing that because just like menopause we know there are other things that can help out with something the medical profession can offer women but it's making sure these things are, are shown to women you know so that there's ac there's accessibility um, and doctors know about them but Claire you, you know you, you spend a lot of time um, talking to women about sort of health and, and CBT don't you as well? yeah I think it's 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 really interesting in the medical profession at the moment because there is a slight shift in 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 pathways in terms of how we should manage conditions there's a lot more emphasis on a holistic approach but it does require it does require doctors to to sort of wear two hats and be very open to that knowledge and it's not something that is routinely taught about in medical schools I mean you've got vast amounts of stuff to learn you just need to learn the facts and then hopefully at a later point you become more interested in it but it's not something that is routinely talked about or offered and I think you've just like like the doctor in your group, Caroline, you just need to be a be a bit more aware of it because we know so much more about disease and disease processes now. And I know, you know, the menopause isn't a disease, it's a long-term condition, but we know that it's not just all about the hormones. We know that it's so much bigger than that. And that I think that's the case with most illnesses and long-term conditions, to be perfectly honest. But that's up me again, digressing again <laughs> a lot. I think that's incredibly um, relevant to this conversation because um, whether well, I know and Caroline will know that we'll teach a normal yoga class and 
pretty much every single class you teach for the public, that's for men and women, you'll have someone come up to you and say, oh, my doctor recommended I come to see you. I've had back pain or back surgery or knee surgery or shot. They come with these, it's basically they're sort of expecting us to be physiotherapists. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a little bit uh, frustrating for us as yoga teachers for the general public because um, the doctor has just said, oh, go and do yoga almost as if they want them to be off their books because it's taking up time and resources. They've heard that yoga is helpful, so go off and do some yoga. But these poor patients are going, well, what kind of yoga? So I've had people coming into my hot yoga classes or ashtanga classes expecting to be healed for a, a, um, a, a prolapsed disc, <laughs> you know. And you, you look at them and think, this is not the right place for you. And that's actually uh, very true of the menopause. So even though we've made huge progress and uh, in terms of um, medical science, well-being profession, uniting in a holistic way, um, at least we are now recognizing and talking to each other. But um, doctors are now sending women to me and in my workshops saying, well, you're in the menopause go and do yoga. I've heard it's very good. And yet, well, what kind of yoga? And these women have got different kinds of symptoms. Mm -hmm. So they might have a frozen shoulder or that lower back pain, or they might have osteopenia or even osteoporosis. They may have anxiety and overwhelm. And as Caroline knows, you know, trauma can be very present at this stage of life as well. So I'm really hoping that through this conversation with you two and, um, and us all talking more about this, that the medical profession and the yoga profession can see that one size doesn't fit all, that one style of yoga isn't going to be of therapeutic benefit to everyone. Does, mm. that, does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I often, you know, say in all my classes, whether it's a half a class or a long COVID class or a menopause class, you know, you're really welcome just to lie on your mat. <laughs> you know, that you've got to really think about listening to your body and beginning to become in tune with it, which is really hard for a lot of people. It's not something they've they've necessarily grown up doing or, or maybe they've forgotten to do. And, and giving you know, giving themselves that time to go, well, actually, is, is this helping or do I need to rest? You know, I often say you could do a downward dog or you could do a resting child. And, you know, you can see everyone come into a downward dog. And I often then say, and is your body asking for rest? And then two or three people come down into child, you know, and it's just interesting, isn't it? Inviting people to really then tune in to, for women in menopause, symptoms and finding those those elements of yoga the breath work the meditation the mantra the, the physical postures and, and poses that would actually help me perhaps um, allevi- alleviate symptoms i'd like to talk a li- little bit more petra about the course that you developed as well because obviously it's a it's a real mix of mm. styles of yoga and that's what i absolutely loved about your course you know that the hatha the yin the restorative but it's also very true to yoga um and by that, I mean, it really honors the ancient yogic roots. You know, you use the, the mantra there, the true breath work is there. And for me, having come from a Yoga Scotland course, you know, the 500 hours, it just, it really reflected that as well for me. And that's when, when I really was drawn to it, because obviously it's, I know it's, you based it a little bit around the Ayurvedic principles. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that and how, how it developed. 
So as I said, it did develop from my own experience. I had to start somewhere. And there was um, when I because I was a, a qualified yoga teacher and practicing it as well, as well as having a a job, you know, um, running a team, uh, as well as juggling my family life at home. And hey, presto, guess what? Paramenopause burnt out. You know, that was just just too much going on with all those symptoms. Um, And I didn't have HRT at that time because it just wasn't being given out. Um, So it has come from my own experiences, trial and error. And it has also come from the experience of over 10 years. It's been a decade of officially teaching menopause yoga in workshops and classes. And every single time I ran a class or ran a workshop, I would get feedback forms and I'd ask people to give me the feedback. And I learned, I listened and I learned because the problem was there were no books out there that gave me the knowledge that I felt I needed So menopause yoga is based on true Hatha yoga tradition and Ayurveda and also traditional Chinese medicine. So it's drawing in influences from these different modalities. What I'd noticed was that one size, as I said, doesn't fit all. And that's true of the yoga practice. One of the things that we now talk about in relation to menopause and the medical profession, so the NICE guidelines that Dr. Claire knows, in fact, you both know, the NICE guidelines will say to GPs, each woman's experience of the menopause is unique and individualized. So she needs individualized support and care. The same is true in yoga. So Caroline, you were talking about uh, tuning in to your body and what your body is needing, what, you know, right now. Um, And that is going to change over time. So the menopause can be 5, 10, 15 or more years. So what your body is saying that you need now isn't going to be the same. So creating that individual woman's connection with herself through breathing, through meditation, by reducing stress so that she can, as you said, tune in. We call it interoception, interoception, that ability to sense into how your body feels. That really is essential because we can give her information about HRT, antidepressants, um, anti-inflammatories, nutrition, natural remedies, yoga, But she needs to know what it is that she needs. She needs to tune into herself because the the doctors, they can't see into what's happening into a woman at this stage of life because, as we know, the menopause isn't just a decline in your hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, that hormonal change on a cellular level is affecting her brain. Mm. It's affecting her emotions. It's affecting every part of her sense of herself. So it's a psychological and emotional journey as well as a physical one. But every woman is very different. So that's, I think, one of the the fundamental benefits that we can give 
women through menopause yoga, that ability, that time to connect with themselves and learn to listen. Yeah, listening to, I often say in classes, listening to your body's whispers, you know, what's your body whispering to you and telling you? Um, And it can take time to tune in and, and listen, can't it, Petra? But actually, sometimes it's just a feeling of being supported and held in a class. You know, and I think a lot of women have said to me, and I'm sure you've heard that many times, is um, quite recently two women came up to me, they're new to the class, and they just said, oh, this is exactly what I needed. This is just, you know, I just needed a space to be with other women going through something similar that I just felt safe in. Um, and I think for that, and, and what you've created is incredibly special because that women's circle is very, is very sacred. Thank you. So you can say thank you so much for saying that, Caroline. And I know that Dr. Claire has um, given talks in some of my workshops and she's been a part of that initial women's circle discussion. And yes, just women coming together. That was one of the things that I most needed. In fact, if I could just you know, lighten the conversation a little, um, you know, I was in my mid 40s, had no idea what was going on and needed to speak to other women. So I would sit in a cafe and earwig, I'd listen out. And if I heard, sometimes I'd hear it, you know, it a group of women talking about black cohosh or menopause, hot flushes or whatever. And I would go and befriend them. And Actually, some of these women, they they actually gave me books that they'd read when they were going through their menopause many years before. So, um, uh, yes, the the women's circle, that being able to connect with each other um, is really important. And, you know, I was saying about getting feedback from women in my early workshops. Um, One thing that used to bring me to tears was that these women would write down on these feedback forms thank you I felt lost and alone I thought I was going insane being in this workshop made me realize I'm not mad and that this is natural and normal and yeah that would that would bring me to tears because that is actually how I felt when I was going through perimenopause um so seeing Seeing women really smile and laugh. We, that's a lot of what we do in the workshops. We talk about symptoms, but we also laugh. We'll talk about the wobbly bits, and <laughs> the hot bits and the sweaty bits and vaginal dryness. And even saying those words out loud and having those discussions, you see this sort of light bulb moments um, of women in the room. And uh, yeah, I think... They feel like they've got permission to talk about it. That's exactly it. Having been in the workshops with you, Petra, it's allowing women to have that permission, isn't it? And often, often when we open the floor up and say, you know, questions, there's sort of a tentative pause, really. And someone might ask a question and quickly it just allows other other women to to ask, doesn't it? And suddenly everyone's got questions and it's a nice discussion. It's not sort of a you know, question, answer, question, answer. It's a discussion. What's worked for you? What hasn't worked? What have you, what have your friends tried? And that, that I think is also a really amazing benefit of a woman's circle in that respect, because actually it doesn't all have to be medical, does it? These, these remedies, these treatments, whatever you call it, whether or not it's a yoga philosophy behind it or whether or not it's a Western philosophy, 
women's experiences, like you say, are different and different things work for different women. And it's just, it's very enlightening to be in that, um, in that arena and, and to hear what actually women are going through because you sometimes, I sometimes take it for granted, less so now, but I sometimes take it for granted that this is all, I know this. You know, there's lots I don't know, and there's lots of, there's still a lot of learning in terms of perimenopause and menopause. But for many women, this, like you say, is still a term they've not heard. Um, and so actually coming together in those groups that you run can be empowering, actually. That, that is the perfect word, Claire, um, empowerment, because uh, the, one of the mantras of menopause yoga from the start has been educate, empower, embrace. So educating women, but not in a patronizing way, just sharing factual information. So educating in order to empower women. So when women have this information, they can make their own informed choices about how to support themselves holistically. And then um, I offer a positive perspective of the menopause, which I hope will encourage them to embrace it as an opportunity, not as a completely negative time and end of their lives, which is what many women often will say. They feel like they're becoming um, uh, lacking in value, losing attraction, um, losing their sense of themselves. Um, because they've been so associated, they've associated themselves with their physical appearance or their procreativity. And they fear, they fear that they're no longer going to be valued and they're going to become invisible, um, which is you know, quite often actually true um, due to our society. So I offer a different perspective and I say, well, look, this is an opportunity on a basic level for you to pause I know it sounds like a cliche, but menopause, hold on to that pause bit and say, pause, reflect on what your past life has been, reflect on how you're living your life now. And is it really serving you? You know, are you finding all this juggling work and maybe family and other responsibilities? You know, is it just too much right now? Or are there things that you're doing in terms of your health and well-being, such as drinking a lot of alcohol or caffeine or foods that aren't healthy for you, um, not getting sleep. Are these things worth taking with you into this next stage of your life? And then I offer them the perspective of what if you were to use this pause to let go, let go of what you no longer need, let go of what no longer is serving you, supporting you, and then look to the future. And this is where I draw in the traditional Chinese medicine. And I hope this doesn't feel like cultural appropriation. But when I was going through my menopause, I had a light bulb moment when I read a book by a traditional Chinese medicine expert she wrote a beautiful book. So if anyone hasn't seen it, it's called um, Moon Reflections of Moon on Water. Reflections of Moon on Water. And uh, I'm actually a very small part Chinese um, from my mother's side. So I felt a, a natural affinity to this book. 
And in there, she describes the different stages of a woman's life. And she describes using traditional Chinese medicine, post-menopause as second spring, Mm. time of rebirth, renewal, but not like puberty, which is your first spring. She was saying, no, you go, you step into your second spring as this empowered and educated woman. You know, you're not uh, a young girl anymore. And so um, you've got more confidence and a sense of yourself. They, they have another phrase, not just second spring. They say it's a time of stepping into your wholeness where your body becomes your own for yourself. Um, your hormones become more balanced. Um, and you can start to live this later part of your life, living, completing any of your dreams or ambitions that maybe you haven't had the chance to uh, spend time on. So um, I know that's a, a long phrase, but um, you were talking about empowerment. And I think even just offering that perspective can feel empowering and uplifting. Mm. We talk a lot about the positive side of, you know, perimenopause, postmenopause, this transition. And it's almost like you need to, you know, put, put all the steps in, don't you? And just begin to transition with kindness towards yourself. So just as you were saying, Petra, that sense of, you know, letting go of anything that no longer serves you, if that's possible, and moving forwards into, into the second spring is such a beautiful term that I do really love it. Um, and, I think for us, it's it as well, you know, that positivity is really, really helpful. And we realise and acknowledge it can be so hard for many women who are, are suffering from low mood and depression and overwhelm. But there's even a, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. It's finding that and trying to almost flip it on its head and say, this can be a positive transition. I love that idea, though, Petra, of pausing um and just reflecting because we don't we rarely do that in life um and this seems like the ideal time to really sit down and consider um and make that second half better or or improve whatever it is that's going on but also just to reflect and take stock i think that's a lovely a lovely way of thinking of things actually um and, and it really works. Awesome. It, it works so well. So Caroline was just saying, you know, sometimes people will come to her classes and just lie down, relax, breathe, and they go, oh, thank you so much for what well, we call it holding space. Mm. Holding space for women to simply be, breathe, pause. And that's why in menopause yoga, there are different styles and techniques that we use for the different classes, which are grouped around groups of symptoms. But in every single one of those different classes, there's always at least 15 minutes of restorative yoga. Mm -hmm. And restorative really being well, it's to restore energy, but as Caroline was saying, sometimes it's just that feeling of being supported by yoga props, blankets, cushions, bolsters, because then you feel supported. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really curious to ask you, uh, Dr. Claire, about back issues. 
So when I was having my back problem, when I was on crutches and they couldn't figure out what the problem was, um, the pain specialist I went to said um, uh, that lower back pain was often a symptom of feeling unsupported. Mm. And that in the medical profession, GPs would look at a person with back pain. And if there was no apparent physical reason why that was present and they couldn't alleviate the pain, then they would consider looking at it from an emotional perspective. Is that something that rings a bell with you at all? Yeah, I mean, it it does. I mean, you know, it applies to many different areas of pain in the body. When we can't always isolate a cause, we have to look at other reasons. And obviously what we want to do first and foremost as medics is to make sure that there's nothing physically, anatomically wrong. And if there's not, then we have to look further. We have, I think we are really acutely aware of just how emotional pain, trauma, psychological pain, just pain that isn't physical, that can manifest as a physical pain, if that makes sense. And that can be top to toe. And I think we need to move away from always, I mean, you yourself, you went to a pain clinic, you were referred to a pain clinic. I mean, let's throw more pain medications at this person who's suffering emotionally and psychologically. And actually that doesn't, we know that doesn't work. We know, we know that doesn't work. Um, and so yet yeah, thinking about that from a, from a psychological perspective and how we are all intertwined and how our emotional needs can affect our, our pain levels, but that's a very, very difficult concept for many people. And that's not to diminish that in any way, but it's a new thought process for many people. And thinking about pain in a holistic way is a very novel way of thinking about pain. It's like a pain cycle and getting stuck in the cycle of that pain, isn't it? Because you begin to focus on it and that in itself can make the pain worse. You may be less active if it, you know, if it's lower back pain, you might lose some, you know, fitness or, you know, become a little weaker. It can begin to disrupt sleep, how you eat, how you just react with the outside world and other people. You might get a low mood with this. There's so many different things around that, which I think... Within, you know, within a pain cycle as well, that, that could be a trip, you know, you can then attribute that to different menopausal symptoms, can't you? You know, if you're, if you're worried about a hot flush coming on in the middle of a work meeting, that anxiety begins to rise, that stress begins to rise, we're likely to then have a hot flush if that's one of your symptoms. And so you, you get into these cycles around a variety of, of, of symptoms in the menopause, and as Clara said, other, other um, potential diagnoses. And I think it is quite a new concept, isn't it, of, of, of breaking that cycle of thought, psychological. It's so interesting you say it's a new concept, but it's only a new concept in Western medical science. In traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda, they call it dis-ease. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they look at, you know, your sense of equilibrium, whatever that means to you in your own body. And if it's out of equilibrium, they call that disease. And then they see that uh, illness can become present as a result of that uh, change in your equilibrium. But you're so right, Caroline. You know, one of the biggest issues that people say to me, why is why are women talking more about menopause? Why are they struggling more? Well, 
Number one, they were always struggling. Um, you can, you know, go back into medieval history and find evidence of um, writing about women and talking about hot flushes. So it's not a new thing, um, but it has been a taboo less talked about. But one of the reasons why I believe women are also experiencing and talking about um, the menopause and their symptoms more is just simply our levels of stress. So, you know, Dr. Claire will know, and also you, Caroline, in all of your yoga classes, we are seeing more people experiencing stress and anxiety coming into our classes or into your clinic. And that's because the modern world, everything is going too fast for us as human beings to catch up with emotionally, psychologically. And um, the whole digital age, I'm sure you've talked about before in your program, you know, being constantly digitally connected, never really getting a break or a pause from that. Um, Issues around us, especially the issues over the last couple of years, that external environment of stress um, and anxiety is going to impact a woman's um, fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen repeatedly is um, women who are experiencing that high level of fight or flight, experiencing higher levels of cortisol and adrenaline, which are then either keeping her up at night or preventing her from sleeping. Exhaustion the next day, that adrenal fatigue. Um, As Caroline already mentioned, the the hot flushes, so you have the sort of anxious feelings, and that can trigger a hot flush. Um, So it's it's so interconnected. Um, And I think, yeah, we're we're all becoming aware, aren't we, Dr. Claire, of higher levels of stress in in all of your patients. Yeah, and it's um, we expect more from ourselves and we expect more from others. And that's become the norm, hasn't it? Um, And in a way, we need to reverse that. And that's why I I love that idea of pausing, because that that sort of self-perpetuating cycle of stress and juggling and I've got to be here, I've got to be there, I've got to be looking after this person will exacerbate perimenopause or menopausal symptoms and Petra you and I were talking about this weren't we why are we why is it being talked about so much more why are we experiencing symptoms differently than perhaps we might have done a few years ago and one of the things we were talking about is actually we're all having to work longer we're all having to manage our symptoms longer we're living longer so we're menopausal for a lot longer so we have to manage these symptoms if we're going to live well and however you manage those is up to you, but we do have to manage them. And we'll often find, and I'm sure you've seen this as well, that women who've potentially had children older in life, so older than previous generations, so maybe having children in their 40s, are going to give birth. And then the drop in their hormones, that postnatal drop in hormones can trigger a depression, which actually can also trigger menopause and so they're very confused they've got young children which we associate with fertility and yet they're suddenly plunged into menopause the end of their reproduction so um it gets very complicated another thing i've noticed um from the number of women i've trained and taught over the years is the the connection between grief and menopausal symptoms. So we've already talked about stress, but grief 
if a person experiences the loss of parents and of course you know elderly parents getting very ill and infirm um, or other grief or loss in their lives at that time and that can be the loss of um, a marriage mm. it can be um, the loss of a career because menopausal symptoms can um, also lead women to leave their jobs a loss of the sense of self and this kind of grief can I don't know whether it triggers some of the menopause symptoms or whether it just exacerbates them but that's a really fascinating thing that I've observed does that does that ring true at all for you Caroline it does actually and you know we've talked about trauma haven't we you know anything that has changed your life in some way um, and made it quite dramatically different it doesn't it's not always we often think of trauma as, um, you know, something absolutely horrific, um, but it doesn't always have to be. It's something that changes your way of life, way of life or how you've lived your life previously dramatically. Um, and that could be, you know, a loss of a parent. It could be the loss of a job. Um, and that in itself increases, increases stress in the body. And, you know, you either get stuck on that high side of stress um, where you are in that fright and flight mode or you're, you're really quite low down and in the um, parasympathetic nervous system, I should say, and you get quite low mood and depressed. And so suddenly you're realising that hormones aren't just your estrogen, your progesterone, your testosterone. You know, you've, you've got your adre- adrenaline and cortisol and this is all beginning to find this kind of interlinked effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it has a huge influence on all hormones. So yeah, I can, I, I can absolutely agree that, you know, grief and any, anything that, that has been upsetting in some way, whether it has been dealt with or not or happens at this stage in life, is, is going to perhaps exacerbate symptoms. One of the things I wanted to put out there, which I think is really appropriate for your, your programme as well, is that any yoga teacher who is out there who says that they can rebalance your hormones that is not factually correct. Yoga, there are, there were teachers out there. So remember I said I did lots of research and I looked around the world and there were certain yoga teachers at certain times in history saying that yoga could bring back your estrogen, could bring back your fertility. Um, And we do know that yoga by reducing stress can actually rebalance those levels of cortisol and adrenaline. And that's going to be beneficial for your whole endocrine system. Yeah, that is factual. We do know through um, scientific uh, medical research trials that using things such as paced breathing and meditation and changing your view of, for instance, hot flushes can reduce not just the severity of the hot flushes, but their frequency as well. We know that there is research. But anyone out there who says that they're going to rebalance your hormones, that is, I think, doing women a disservice. And I just want to put it out there. That's not what I do. I help women to transition. I help them to alleviate or manage some of their symptoms. But yoga is not a replacement for estrogen. It's not HRT, you know, Um, and only HRT, hormone replacement therapy, is going to put estrogen and progesterone and potentially testosterone back in your body. 
And I'm all in favor of eating phytoestrogen foods, foods which help with your whole nervous system, help with your eyes, your skin, your hair, um, magnesium for your muscles, calcium for your bones, vitamin D. Yes, I agree with that. But I have not come across anyone who has significantly increased their levels of estrogen just by eating phytoestrogen foods. So again, let's get real here and let's just, you know, not do women a disservice by selling them snake oil. You know, that idea of you go to a, you know, a circus or a fair and you buy a magical remedy, drink this and suddenly, ah, I'm cured. Um, So I hope, I hope that that lands well with both of you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we need to come away from a lot of those myths around eat well, sleep well, you know, um, alternative treatments are going to replace your hormones. We know that the only way of doing that is with HRT. And I also accept that that's not for everybody. Um, And that is an individual decision and should always be an individual decision. But yes, I think you're absolutely right in naming that that the only way you're going to get that back is by is by taking it. And many women are really comfortable with going through that menopausal transition and you know experiencing that decline eventually in their postmenopause of those hormones. But we are all so different in our response to that decline in our hormones. And it's going to trigger a lot of things for some people. I know Caroline's of the trauma informed and and she'll see that for some women who have had that previous experience of trauma, it comes back because of that fight or flight response that we experience in perimenopause. And it can trigger lots of very disturbing memories and thoughts which may need counseling, professional counseling support. So again, menopause yoga can help women to connect with themselves. We offer pause, space, supportive poses, meditation, the comfort of other women around you going through a similar uh, process. But we are not professionally trained counselors. And so one of the things I say in the, the training course is we are there to create safe and supportive spaces And then we signpost Mm -hmm. to other professional qualified people, depending on what that individual woman needs, you know. I think signposting is incredibly helpful, actually. You know, as, as you say now, thankfully, there's, you know, there's so much information there and signposting women to reputable websites like the British Menopause Society or Women's Health Concern or Dr. Louise Newsom's Balance app. You know, the, these are places of fact, evidence-based information um, that also include recommendations for yoga because it can help in nutrition and diet. So, you know, it's that holistic approach. Um Petra, I know through your website, you can look up or find a a menopause yoga teacher nearby or perhaps one that that teaches online. And is that quite easy to do? I was just going to ask you to to let us know about your website and and how to find a, a nearby teacher. Yeah, so just a little. Yes, you absolutely can find a directory of qualified menopause yoga teachers. And there are over 300 qualified teachers now and they are located in about 20 different countries worldwide which is really exciting um and just to sort of rewind slightly so um i was running workshops in london for the menopause and some big yoga studios 
and they were getting oversubscribed. I mean, literally getting emails from people saying, begging me, begging me to be able to come into the workshop. Women were flying from all over the world. I had people coming from Hong Kong, America, the Maldives, Africa, all over Europe. And then, you know, I'd do the women's circle at the beginning, say, where are you from? I'd be like, this is ridiculous. These people are flying here for a workshop. You know, why is there nothing more for them where they live? And then I had women coming up to me at the end of the workshop and saying, really loved what you did, what you taught and the information you shared. But I'd like to practice this more regularly where I live. Where are the local teachers? And I said, oh, there aren't any. It's just me, the only one in the world. (laughs) And I felt a real weight of responsibility then to not just leave women um, stranded Um, having offered them something that was of benefit. So with some encouragement from some other yoga teachers who said, I want to train, I want to become a menopause yoga teacher. um, I ended up creating the course, which the British Will of Yoga very kindly supported and actually were really instrumental in helping me to guide and structure the course professionally because I wanted this 40-hour teacher training course to bring in Western medical science and Eastern well-being and to ensure that it was taught at the highest level that I was I was able to. And so it was created, and I'm very excited to say that um, both of you have been contributors to that particular course. Caroline talking about trauma-informed yoga, Dr. Claire talking about HRT and that medical biological perspective. And that makes me really proud that these teachers out there have those skills And we continue to offer free CPD training to them even after they've graduated so that we stay up to date with those skills and the new research coming out. So if anyone would like to find a menopause yoga teacher, they can go to my website, which is menopause-yoga.com. Look uh, in the tab at the top, um, the navigation tabs for directory, and it should send you to a directory of teachers. And you just click on your location in the world. I haven't got everyone everywhere, but that's the ambition eventually. Um, But hopefully you'll find someone who is at least in your county your country. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. And if anyone would like to join me, if anyone listening is a yoga teacher, I run um, every month, I run a menopause yoga teacher training course. So that's only open to qualified 200 hour yoga teachers. But I've also started offering a menopause awareness course, which is open to anyone working in a physical field with women who are going through the menopause. So that's a one day course. So I hope that's helpful for everyone. And anyone who wants to read the book, there's also the menopause yoga guide as well. Which is so in depth, it covers everything. It's brilliant. (laughs) They they made me cut 50,000 words out and I wanted to write more. So um, in actual fact, this is only the first book. The second book is going to go deep dive into more. (laughs) Fantastic. I hope that you'll be contributors to that. I should 
mention, by the way, Caroline has actually uh, written an article for the book as well on um, uh, being trauma-informed. So that was really helpful. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Petra, for mentioning that as well. It's been such a delight to connect together because, as you say, we've both worked with you and trained with you individually, and yet we know we've never been in a room together. And even though it's a Zoom room, it's wonderful to, to see you and your gorgeous dog, Alfie, being very well-behaved behind you. He's been very well-behaved. I think he's sulking slightly because I've ignored him. So thank you so much for joining us, Petra. Really appreciate your time, and we look forward to hopefully seeing you in person again at some point soon. Very much hope that too. Thank you for inviting me on 